1: pack Podcast.
2: Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack A Day Podcast. It is your Saturday crew. It's the weekend. We are one day away from Packers football. On Sunday, I am one of your hosts, Jason Perone of, of course, the Pack-A Day Podcast in Game On Wisconsin, and the Quick Slants podcast, along with Paul Bredel of Dairyland Express Cheesehead TV the Packers unrestricted podcast and Matt Fralick of Game On Wisconsin and the final dump podcast gentlemen how are we doing Matt i'm going to start with you because you are in a different location mm-hmm. tell us where since it's all about locations and we'll get to the weather where are you where are you doing the show from today
3: I'm in Sheboygan Falls, Wisconsin, the metropolis Sheboygan Falls. Got a little uh, family gathering this weekend down in Sheboygan. I'll be in West Bend then on Sunday for another part of the families for some Christmas stuff. So I had to bring the mic with me and travel. Luckily, we found the Wi-Fi password and whatnot, but... Had to had to get on the show with you boys because it's been a crazy freaking week, right? I mean, just across the whole NFL, Packers, Ravens, especially obviously that match we want to get into. But I'm down in the metropolis of Sheboygan Falls, and I'm glad to be connecting with you guys tonight.
2: Sheb Falls, that's not any kind Sheboygan of a nickname falls. that's going to stick at all. So we can skip right over no. that. And I think, they call from, it,
3: I think I think they call it the Falls. The Falls, all right. um, yeah, I think. But then when you get to Menominee Falls, I don't
2: know if that still plays because that's not far from here either. Major but rivalry. I digress. Major sure. rivalry. I'd love to see those two high schools make it to the state championship. The Battle of the Falls. Right? And then from the comfort of his home, I don't know if you're in the basement or what room you're usually in, Paul, but in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Paul Brettel, how are we doing over in Green Bay? I'm doing fantastic. And, yes, I am in the basement. In the basement, indeed. So before we jump into the injury report, and there is a lot to talk about before the Packers... Head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. We've got to start with the weather. We have a full slate, gentlemen. I got my friend Alex is back from Poland. We go all the way east. So we got we got Poland, Germany, and then we head over to stateside here. So Alex in Poland says there was snow in the last week. It's been in the 30s, Fahrenheit, cloudy most of the time little bit of light rain, and the they only get about seven and a half hours of sunlight. So you guys can relate. That's, I feel like, kind of what it's like now up in the mm-hmm. great north in Wisconsin. So he said it's getting quite ugly. Weather is comparable to the Packers' special teams play, is what Alex said. Uh, so, uh, let's see. I guess... Time zone wise, with the time change, he made note of the fact that now the game being a late afternoon means it starts at 1030 p.m. in Europe for all of our Packers fans in Europe that have to stay up late and watch the football game. So that three hour swing does make a difference. I mean, that takes it from the game being over around 10, 1030 to going into the past midnight time zone. So thank you, Alex. Mm. Appreciate that. We've got a new addition to the weather report. Mr. Mark Heinley from germany says i love the Pack a podcast love your show for the weather report i have 32 degrees fahrenheit in bavaria germany on saturday thank you so much mark that's our germany forecast and now we head over to the united states and of course the great Dairyland state of wisconsin i'll let the two of you flip a coin how are we looking in well actually you know what, we're in two different <laughs> places so are you far enough away matt that the weather is different than it would be in green bay
3: it's I not much. different. So. <laughs> no, it's not much different. Honestly, like there's not much to get to in the future or like even current day. The last week across the whole frickin Midwest and Wisconsin has been insane. Like in, mm. I, I, I've, everyone's been affected by it. I know a friend of the program, uh, Dusty Evely, also a pack of Day podcast. Like he had some crazy storms come through Kentucky earlier in the week. There was tornadoes on the west side of Wisconsin. This was at Wednesday night, Thursday night. It's been nuts. Like sixty degrees, the snow's melted. There's not a there's not a drop of snow anywhere when I'm driving around, unless it's like a Walmart parking lot where they've just packed it up into a couple piles, and it's there's just a couple depleted spots. But it's been it's been wild. But just like we talk about every every week, it seems like both you like. All of a sudden, come you know NFL Sunday. Things are back to normal, and like it doesn't nothing too crazy this weekend in Green Bay at all. I think it's gonna be pretty average temperatures. Looks like it's gonna be the same in Baltimore for the game too. There's supposed to be maybe some showers in the morning out there. 45 degrees probably for the high. So. It, yeah, this week was actually absolutely crazy and it was like i was thinking about it when we were leading up to this it's like we we kind of like you know we talk about the weather and whatnot but this week across the, damn near the entire country it was insane so it, it was it was quite a week here but it should be settling and maybe getting into some decent weather at some point for the winter but i don't know if paul's got anything to add there if he lost a trampoline in the storm or anything <laughs> going on
1: I, I just wanted to add that in the last like three four weeks I've used a snowblower three times already, but as Matt said, there's no snow on the ground currently. It's been below zero, it's been above 60, and we've had winds of, like, 60 miles an hour. Like, it has been ridiculous. But as Matt said, I think we're finally finding our our normal December
2: groove, 20, 30 degrees. Yeah, just in time for the holidays, less than about a week Mm -hmm. away. So, actually, Christmas is one week from today. So one week in order for uh, mother nature to get her act together and make sure that it's a typical christmas right so all right well over here in the arizona the grand canyon state we have finally bid adieu to all of the nice warm temperatures we have we are we're sitting in a high 60s low 70s decent amount of sunshine i always like matt's reaction <laughs> when i give my weather
3: I mean it's just the fact that like you're the last one and you're talking about like s- our poor buddy in Poland with 7 hours of daylight and we're talking about like tornadoes in December and you're like yeah you know it might touch 70 this week. It's like dude come on like yeah. you just I feel like you're rubbing it in a yeah, little no,
2: bit. No, no, I mean listen, nothing to shovel but we'll see. I mean there's <laughs> there's a chance we might get some rain here and there or whatever but no, I'm not going to I'm not going to come on. It's great. I'm, you know, still shorts and t-shirts, so. <laughs> I'm thinking of everybody while I'm while I'm soaking it up and uh, taking in the these Packers games uh, on Sundays. But Harry in Kamloops, Canada says we've turned into the Great White North this week. Lots of shoveling with more in the future. Snow and rain in the forecast. Roads will be icy. High of 37, low of 21. So they're above freezing. I guess I could. That, that's like freezing rain, which is actually more annoying than just flat out snow. I would think, right? It's kind of like that's just true. just pick oh, yeah. one. Either either be cold and snow or. Rain or you know what, don't just be clear and sunny and nice. So, all right. Now that we've got all of the uh, administrative stuff out of the way, let's talk some injury report news, gentlemen. Um, we got the final practice report from Friday, and we know that David Bakhtiari, Dominic Daphne, and Billy Turner will not play on Sunday. Daphne added to the injury report with an ankle; didn't practice all week. Billy Turner, we knew with that knee injury, was probably a long shot to play. Looking at him walking off the field on Sunday was kind of disheartening and just such a bummer. Just unbelievable. This team just continues to suffer injury after injury. And here's another preferred starter on the offensive line. If you take, you know, Lucas Patrick is really the only preferred starter from last year who's still out there, but he's playing a different position because he was the right guard because they had Corey Lindsley and he's had to move over to center. So outside of that, It's all backups, and somehow the Packers are still churning it out and making it happen, but Billy Turner not placed on injured reserve. The hope is that it's not a season-ender. It sounds like he's got a chance to come back. It sounds like he did some rehab stuff this week already, so that's pretty good news for a team that wants to make sure that they've got all their guys for playoff time, and while it's a bummer that David Bocciari will not play against the Ravens this weekend, he did practice in limited fashion all three days. So that's kind of significant, guys, because... We talked about David Bakhtiari last week, and if Elton Jenkins isn't going to be out there, obviously he's going to be a big piece that the Packers are going to need back. Offensive line, we've done all the discussions, all the conversations about it last week. I asked you guys what the concern level was. We were getting concerned because David Bakhtiari had not practiced. So now I will ask you this, this question. Same question. Paul, we'll start with you. Avi, I feel better. I feel much better, and I feel great, and I'm fine. I think, David, I think there's a plan for Bakhtiari, and I feel like we're as his fans and the Packers are in much better shape. Are you feeling better knowing that David Bakhtiari did practice in some fashion all three days this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely progress and going in the right direction. If you remember when he was first activated off pup. Uh, he came back for a Thursday practice, and then we didn't see him again, and then a few weeks later learned that he had the cleanup on his knees. So the fact that he was out there three days in a row, even in limited fashion, I think that's huge and shows that he's progressing in the right direction. As Matt LaFleur said in the past, it's going to come down to showing that he can uh, string together multiple full participant practices. So as we move into the coming weeks, you know, we can watch that, as the week unfolds and practices to see if he's elevated or bumped up to a full participant. And if he's able to string together two, three of those, I don't think until we see that, that he's going to be back. Hopefully obviously that's sooner than later. I mean, it could be next week. I'm not ruling that out by any means, but as the week goes on, the weeks go on and we observe the injury report each day, that's going to be our tell. The Fleur told us that a month ago or two months ago, whenever that was, but certainly Very good
0: news that he was out there all three days and no setbacks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: The plan. I would hope the plan is maybe the Cleveland game because I don't, you don't want to just play one game and they go into the playoffs, especially if the Packers are going to have that one seed. He played, you know, let's say he plays week 18 in Detroit and then he sits out a week and then comes back and plays in the division. I just, I'd like to see him back in time for the Cleveland game. but well, we have to, we have to talk about that a little bit towards the end because that game right now is looking very interesting with everything that's going on in the NFL right now. And the fact that the Browns are uh, decimated with, a lot of players on the COVID reserve list, and the NFL as a whole is dealing with that too. So while we do the injury report, we we can only go off of what we know today. You never know what's said at it, what we're recording on Friday night. We never know what the overnight's going to bring, and if there's going to be any surprises as far as guys that are out. So Matt David Bakhtiari trending in the right direction. Billy Turner not sounding long term. Couple that with the fact that they've gotten pretty decent play from I haven't really heard John Runney Jr.'s name much all season long. And if I'm not hearing his name, that's not a bad thing. Royce Newman, I'm not hearing his name as much. Yash Nyman has filled in nicely. It just seems like the depth is holding up and this team somehow can just seem to get it done. And it can only help to get your two stalwart tackles back when the, those two actually are able to come back and play.
3: Yeah, I was pretty optimistic, honestly, that Bakhtar would be a go this week. And then when, you know, early in the week, LaFleur's talking about, like, he's probably not going to practice, but then he comes out and practice. That was kind of a weird juxtaposition. But, like, I, I thought he would come back for the Baltimore game. It just kind of seemed like it would trend in that direction. Hopefully, David will be back at some point. And it was even I was even kind of more optimistic he would come back just with the Billy Turner injury. I don't really know how the offensive line would look. The right side, I guess Dennis Kelly would be there, and Nijeman would be the the lone man out if David were to come back. I guess they'll figure that out down the road. Good thing versatility is like the biggest strength of this offensive line group. But great to see David back on the field. I, I don't know what his timetable is when he's coming back. Practicing is great. No setbacks is awesome. So we'll see what happens. But it, unfortunately, like the the, I mean, it's it's fortunate that they've been able to go through some of these injuries on the offensive line that has been kind of decimated, to be honest. But at some point. I think it's how many more injuries like this can you take? Like how many more guys can you, you lose? You mentioned Royce Newman mentioned John Runyon, Lucas Patrick, Like those guys are super, super solid. But after them, like, what do you really have? And that's kind of where the concern comes in. If if David's not coming back sooner, if Billy Turner's out long-term, which doesn't sound like he's going to be out long-term, but I mean, we are in week 15, right? Like, like we're, how, much, how much time does he have to be able to get back on the field? And we know we're not getting back Elton Jenkins. Josh Myers, really not sure when he's coming back at all. At this point, you'd hope for a playoff push at some point. That's where I'm kind of sitting at. But offensive line is still super, super solid. There hasn't really been any drop-off from the run game to the pass protection at all. And a lot of that has to do with 12 under center and the, you know, the dynamic running backs they have, but at some point you got to think if they lose another guy, there's anyone gets tweaked, even for a game, even for a half, like, where does that leave this team when they have to kind of whittle it down to their best five? So, Hopefully, David will be back for next week. It sounds like you're kind of thinking that way, too, Jason. So I'll, I'll go with I'll push him out another week. And I think feel like I've pushed him out for a couple of weeks now since even before Thanksgiving. But if Bakhtiari can come back, I feel like this team is pretty super solid. And at some point, if Josh Myers come back, that's even another shot in the arm. But shout out Lucas Patrick, though. He's still holding it down in the uh, center spot. Yeah, he's I feel a...
1: like that's a I was just going to say, I feel like that's a question we've been asking for like months now. Like yeah. when there's an offensive line injury, it's like, oh, no, they can't handle right. another one of these. And then they do. This has to be it, right? Like Dennis Mm -hmm. Kelly's in at right tackle. And talk about week 14, he comes in in the second half or um, I can't remember exactly when the turner injury occurred. But think about the depth that the Packers have along this offense line. Then week 14, a starter from 2020 at right tackle took over a thousand snaps last season for the Titans. Uh, Didn't give up a single sack in pass protection. I mean, that's who you have coming off the bench. That's some incredible depth. But, man, it feels like they're very much at that limit because if another, you know, knock on wood, let's hope not, but if another tackle goes out, who are you left with? Ben Braden, Cole Van Lannon? I mean, man, I, I still think that they can get by with this this group that they have. Lafleur and Rodgers are both very, very complimentary of uh, Dennis Kelly's play this past week. And, again, this offensive line unit, they need to be accounted for, unlike last season. There needs to be the quick passes, the tight end chips, all of that. But all things considered... I mean, man, what a terrific job they've
2: done. This bit this team last year in the conference championship game, Brian Gutekunst knew it. He had to make some some changes, make sure that this didn't happen again. Seeing the left tackle go down late this season, I think they had to hedge and make sure that they were covered. I don't think they planned on losing Elton Jenkins and Billy Turner as well, but you never know, and that's what you have to be prepared for. And somehow the Packers have found a way to do it. Like you said, Paul, Matt LaFleur's got to help mitigate that with some of his play calling, and I feel like second half Aaron Rodgers which has been more of the MVP version that we're used to seeing has been happy to oblige, get the ball out quickly and help his offensive line, not have to do all the crazy dirty work that they do in order to get by. So on the offensive line, I think the Packers will be okay. It's going to be another week of Dennis Kelly out there. Josh Schneiman. So, the Ravens are really beat up. They've got a lot of injuries. Uh, one of the bigger bigger ones on the defensive side is defensive tackle Calais Campbell. Thigh injury, didn't practice. He's doubtful. Uh, he was a terror with the Arizona Cardinals. Spent a few years in Jacksonville, and now he's with Baltimore. Wouldn't mind if he wanted to take a little bit extra time off before the holidays. I'll just say that, especially with the offensive line being what it is on that same topic. So. Looks like the Packers are going to be okay. Uh, Corey Bajorquez, the punter, was on their injury re- report. Now, he's practiced in full all three days, and he's not listed. He will play, but has a left knee injury. He's left-footed. Makes you wonder if there might be any impact to his punting. It's not like special teams needs any more uh, you know, issues to have to try to resolve within them. But Aaron Jones also listed on the injury report. He's good to go. Aaron Rodgers, of course, didn't practice. He's got the toe at wide receiver, gents. We've got a couple, we got three guys listed here. So we have Equinemius St. Brown. He has a concussion. He did not practice all week. He is listed as doubtful. Malik Taylor still dealing with his abdomen injury was limited all three days, listed as questionable. Marcos Valdez Scantling with a back injury, limited all three days as well. He is listed as questionable. Noel Randall Cobb, the wide receiver group. Juwan Winfrey was elevated from the practice squad to the active roster this week. This is also, I remind everybody before you start to panic a little bit, that the Ravens are beat up in the secondary. I think the Packers can still do some damage. After all, if Devontae Adams is out there, what more do we need? But the Packers won a game with Jawan Winfrey playing some significant snaps in Arizona on the road in a big in a big road game. So this is just a matter of history repeating itself, and you hope that they'll be able to to get what they need From guys like, obviously, Devontae, Alan Lazard, if Winfrey has to be out there, and don't forget, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, if you need to, you can put them both on the field, you can split Aaron Jones out wide, he can run some routes, you've got, obviously, Josiah DeGuara tight end, Mercedes Lewis, so... Paul, as far as the receiver group, there's there's a bunch of names on the list again, one, once again. But you know we've we've seen it all season long. The Packers have just seemed to find a way, and I think this week in a matchup where you've got guys really beat up on the other side, I don't necessarily think the task is going to be too tall for some guys who haven't played a bunch of snaps to have to be out there. And if MVS can go, I think the Packers are even even more in more good shape at wide receiver but you got three guys listed as a what's your level I guess what's your level of concern is my question.
1: Um I mean one thing that we've learned since the has taken over as head coach is to kind of ignore the term wide receiver. We need to focus on pass catchers and this offense has a ton of pass catchers when you factor in how often the tight ends and running backs are utilized in the passing game. I mean losing MVS if he doesn't play like you said Jason, he's questionable at the back injury. Um, I mean, that's, he's going to be obviously of the three, him, Taylor and EQ, the, the hardest to replace just because there's no one on, else on the team that does specifically what he does with that four, three speed. So that's going to take away that, that deep element. And this, this Raven secondary, I, I won't be, I'm, I'm someone like many of us who are advocates of leaning on the run game with this backers offense. It just sets up the passing game so well, but I won't be surprised if this turns into kind of like the Rams game was where we saw Rodgers throw the ball 45 times. The, the Rams' secondary, they've given up the second-most big plays this season, or they have that second-highest big play rate, which are passes through the air of at least 20 yards. They're four starters from week one, two corners, two safeties. They're all out. Three of them are on IR, and one of them was just placed on the reserve COVID list. They give up the second-most passing yards per game. They give up the third-most yards per attempt. I mean, this secondary with or without MBS is ripe for the picking. And they're going up against a defensive front that's allowing only 3.9 yards per rush this season. Now, the Ravens, as you mentioned, are without Calais Campbell in the middle, which is a, it's a huge loss for them. He's been one of the better interior run defenders this season by several metrics, so that may open up the running game a little bit more. But my expectation is, and we we always know that the passing game is a big part of this offense. But my expectation is that Green Bay might lean into it uh, even more this week, just because I mean that's that's the weak part of this defense. And while the run game is important, establishing the run, finding success is all important to the success of this offense. You know, as we've talked about, this isn't the 2012, 13, 14, 2011 Aaron Rodgers where he's going to go out there and throw the ball around. It's predicated on the run game, the quick passing game, all of that, but when you're game planning, you want to find what the weaknesses in the defense you want to exploit that, and that's this Ravens secondary. So, I'm not going to be surprised at all. I don't know who they, ha- I don't know who the heck is going to cover Devontae Adams, but I won't be surprised at all to see Aaron Rodgers throwing it around on Sunday.
2: Yeah, a lot of throws, and the Packers just—it's one of those things. Control the ball. And then if you if you limit the amount of time that Baltimore's got with the ball, they like to try to run it, but they're not going to have that luxury if the Packers get into a a big lead and they've got an opportunistic secondary that's waiting for them there. This was a game that I was kind of most worried about of all the games that are left on the schedule. Obviously, the Vikings at Lambeau Field could potentially be a big deal, but week to week, you just never know how a team's going to look with all of the the stuff that's going on with COVID and all those those other protocols. But Uh, Matt, that's it for the injury report. So once again, the Packers benefited a little bit from a a later buy. Now, obviously, some key players are still not playing in this game, but I think it could be a lot worse.
3: It could be a lot worse. I mean, because you look around the league, like even just – straight like the injuries have been bad for the packers like let's not get confused but like side by side with the ravens they're decimated like paul hit it out of the park like the secondary for them is just absolutely decimated from chuck clark who was put on covid to marcus peters in the beginning of the year to like they're down to just absolute shambles on the defense and luckily like the ravens as far as my entire life has been concerned the ravens have had one of the best defenses in the league and they're relying on that again this year but like they still got problems across the board, right? Obviously, Marquise Brown's got the illness. They got Lamar, as everyone knows. Like, who knows if he's going to go? Clayus Campbell, like you mentioned, Jason. Like, he's a super, super impactful player up the middle. It's just the Packers are at a, a spot where really, like, the injuries are at this point, week 15. Like, you're kind of dealing with them as everyone else is. Unfortunately, they're kind of some bigger names, which is the, the real shitty part. But as far as COVID goes, like, they've avoided that altogether. The Aaron Jones thing, too, like we mentioned, like, he had the illness, obviously, earlier around the week and the knee he was on pat mcafee today on what would have been friday afternoon and he seemed in full spirits didn't seem like he had the flu or any type of bug which is great like if he's able to play to uh, up to his caliber he's not dealing with strep throat whatever the hell it is i mean that's good too so it looks like they're trending in the right direction and the ravens are in a a tough spot just like a bunch of other teams in the league not only coupling the covid but also just a, a lot of injuries at this point through almost december matt
2: do i hear paul did you have anything to add
1: I do want to bring up. This is going to be a little bit off topic, but I do want to bring up one, one other aspect of this game. I think we have to talk about quickly special teams. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're
2: going to get there. <laughs> trust me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we'll we'll jump right into Let's it. Jump. So if you're squeam, if you're squeamish, you may want to you know fast forward <laughs> yeah. through the next couple of minutes. But uh, so we know the Green Bay Packers are not good on special teams. The Baltimore Ravens are very, very, very good on special teams. John Harbaugh, their head coach, that's how he made his name in the NFL before becoming the head coach, was as a special teams coordinator. So I just wanted to run through. I have an article over at Dairyland Express. You should check it out. It's just kind of comparing or looking at how good the Ravens special team is. So, yeah, not comparing. <laughs> we know Justin. Tick, Justin Tucker. He's the best kicker in the game. On kickoffs, the Ravens' kickoff coverage, they're allowing 17.4 yards per return. That's the fifth fewest in football. Their punt coverage unit is allowing 6.3 yards per return. Again, that's the fifth fewest in football. Devin DuVernay returning kicks, he's averaging 24.2 yards per return. That's the eighth best among eligible kick returners. On punt returns, Devin DuVernay, he's averaging 14.4 yards per return, which is the best in football. Matt Lafleur said it's all hands on deck this week, which it absolutely is. And by saying that, what he meant was we might see Rasul Douglas, we might see Al Nazards, you know, key players on the offenses, offensive and defensive side of the ball out there. But this is something very much to keep in mind. I know it's on the mind of most Packer fans just because of how bad it's been the season, especially the Bears game. I mean, the amount of errors in that game are more than many teams will have over the course of a season. That was. <laughs> Horrendous, and fortunately, the Green Bay Packers were just by far the more talented team than Chicago. But if you have a game like that against a Ravens team uh, in the playoffs when you're up against a Tampa Bay or a Los Angeles, Dallas, Arizona, that's going to cost you a game. And regardless of whether Lamar Jackson plays or not, special teams, given the discrepancy in how good the Ravens are and just how bad the Packers are, it absolutely could be a reason this week why either the game's closer than what it should be or hopefully not but in determining the outcome and the packers losing because those type of mistakes against a good ravens team like this those will cost you
2: yeah it's the special teams is a, is an issue and i think honestly I sound naive saying it but I am not even messing with it if I'm Matt LaFleur. This is a the Packers really can't afford to lose a game because they've got their destiny in their own hands. If they win out, they're the one seed. Even if Tampa wins out, they're still ahead, they stay ahead. And Tampa has to try to come back to Green Bay and win at some point late in the playoffs if the Packers can get to the conference championship game. I honestly I'm just just kick it out of bounds. Just kick it out of bounds. If you're if Mason Crosby like If he's if there's any question whether or not he can get the ball into the end zone, you know, directional kick it. If it goes out of bounds, so be it. Your defense is good enough. This is one of those weeks where I think you just I know that's playing not to lose. And that's not the Packers style. And that's not Matt Lafleur's style. But, Paul, to your point, I just have this this feeling in the pit of my stomach that we haven't seen the worst of special teams. And unfortunately, what that could mean is exactly what you said. It's going to cost the Packers big time in a game that matters, which if in the playoffs, it's too late. If the game is over, you're done. Your season's over and you just lost. And the disappointing thing to me, and I said it on quick slants this week, It's not a surprise, and the Packers know this is an issue. If they let this ruin their season, it's borderline, to me, it's borderline insubordination. It's just a complete lack of preparation. And I hear Matt LaFleur saying in a press conference this week that Brian Gutekunst is scouring practice squads and waiver wires and all that other stuff, trying to find special teams players. Listen, if he wasn't already doing that after about the third week of the season then he's not doing his job. So the fact that he's doing that this week it is not news to me because that, that, this is about the, the 15th week in a row that they should be doing that. So you know how I feel about special teams. It's, it's been frustrating, and it's one of those things where you've got the punt return, the punt, you know, you've got the kickoff return, the kick kicking unit, and then the field goal, you know, the field goal unit out there too. And it just seems like they can never put all the phases together. There's always one where there's a huge, huge problem. And with those coverage stats, Paul, that you brought out there, it's still been Amari Rodgers returning punts. And I'm not even worried about Amari Rodgers only getting six yards on a return. If he gets six yards on a return, that means he caught the ball and he got six yards. I would take that every single time. My concern is, is where's the ball? Is it going to end up on the turf again? They just... They're kind of out of options. Matt, I'll turn it over to you. That's pretty much just special teams-wise. That's that's all I have to say. This is definitely one of those games where we could be really hanging our heads in a winnable game for the Packers that they let slip through their hands because of that.
3: Well, yeah, one thing I really... I mean, you guys are spot on. And one thing I haven't even done this week via Twitter or other audio formats or even just water cooler talk is just talk about like how this last week was just like... You thought you've seen it all for the Packers at this far in special teams, and like they just like they they double down on just the the stupid shit that happened, and like to this point, like you're saying you think it could get worse, like that that says a lot because I feel like we've seen a lot of really bad things over the course of this year on special teams, um, kicking it out of bounds on the kickoff, like. I hate the sound of that, but that might be the better alternative. Like, it it, it sounds disgusting. On punts, absolutely, directional kick. it. if, if Duvernay's returning kicks like this, like Paul saying, like up to 15 yards, like on average, like best in the league, like, yeah, don't even give him a chance. And, like, when it comes to the – the new long snapper and the whole with the Horquez and Mason there. I don't really know what to get at this point from the field goals. I've for the last couple weeks, I've been like, no, they're turning it around. They're turning it around. And it's every week. I feel like there's just like one thing that I'm like, shit, like it still hasn't got to that point yet. So I, the Ravens are a damn good special teams like this. This is really what it's going to come down to, too. Like this is kind of like the Bears game. I think the Ravens are a far more talented team, even if Lamar Jackson's not going to play at this point. But, like, that's the only thing that can, like, lose you this game is just giving up special teams points, giving short fields to Justin Tucker and, let you know, getting some cheap points at the end of a half or whatever the case may be. So special teams got to get figured out. And that's great that, you know, Goody might be going and trying to get some special teams guys to play. But, like have we seen any of those dudes? Like, has anyone came and like made an impact at no. this point? Like, and that's not, this, I'm not going to slander Goody cause like he's made some really good acquisitions this year. And even, you know, the Rasul Douglas one, he's can ride that through the rest of the year. But like, how bad is he really scouring to get some special teams guys? Because there's got to be people that are better out there than the eleven they're running out there right now. So it's it's unfortunate. Anyone coming at Maurice Drayton at this point too, like shut up. Like he inherited a bad situation. It's only gotten worse. It's going to get figured out at some point, but it's 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 tough. And it, it's one of those things that you mentioned. Like if if we're to have the same situation come playoff time versus Rams, Cowboys, Bucks, or Cardinals, and you're gonna you're gonna kind of have a you know. For the lack of a better term, like shit down your leg, like you're gonna be in a really yeah. really tough spot. Oh, you're done. You're you're gonna see, your season these, will be over. You're, you're be over. It. If you're gonna give, if you're gonna give a, a possession or two, like it's it's a wrap. If you're gonna give up three points at the end of the half, and they can double dip. Like it's it's done. So they got to figure it out at some point. And I mean, I, I don't know when the, I don't know when it's gonna finally just fall apart and it's gonna be a breaking point. And but because I feel like we've all gotten to the point, it's just it's an absolute disaster.
1: One yeah. other thing I wanted to add that. And it kind of has me scratching my head just on the special teams plays. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, special teams, your special teams unit or play overall is a reflection of your roster depth, because obviously you don't want your starters out there. And we know the Packers have good depth. Look at all the injuries they've overcome on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So that's always been this season kind of a a head scratcher mm-hmm. for me. Not that I ever expect them to be a you know a top ten unit by any means, but to be this bad, I guess I come back to that on occasion. But While the players have to make plays, and that's a big part of this as well, you know, ultimately it falls on the coaching staff and LeFleur, you know, as he as he does, he he will fall on that sword. And you get what you emphasize. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend and tell you that the Packers aren't emphasizing it in practice because I don't know. I'm not there. But it certainly doesn't look like it.
2: Yeah, that's what I said on the at the end of the Marcus valdez Scantling show, at game on Wisconsin. I had a chance to guest host this past week, which was awesome because I hadn't had a chance to do that yet. And it was it was fun talking with him. Afterwards, Todd Varney and I talked about special teams, and that was what I said was. And I've heard Jacob Wessendorf, uh, the you know my colleague and founder over at Game on Wisconsin, say you get what you emphasize. That's perfectly stated, Paul. And I just you know, Matt, I'll just say this: I don't. I honestly think if there were better players, that Goody would have them out there. I just don't think that. That either they're they're not available, they they don't want to come to Green Bay, they didn't want to sign or for whatever reason. it's just it is what it is. The Packers are gonna to have to get through this season because to get it figured out, they will, but you're not gonna get it figured out in week fifteen right now. They're gonna to have to they're gonna to have to just get by with what they've got and hope that it doesn't derail everything. I mean, they've put together some games where it was okay and there weren't a lot of gaffes. I think there was a, a, a big talent deficiency last week. I mean, if there's one good thing I can say is that last week was a great practice run for this week if the Ravens have really good returners because the Packers got absolutely torched last week. I mean, Corey Bojorkas bombs a kick down the middle of the field, which you know would have been nice if it was to a sideline, and Grant is off and running, and he's got a ton of speed, and so I think it's one of those things that reminded the Packers, look, just because you're there doesn't mean the play is over. You have to finish. I think it might have been Oren Burks who got there. He was there. He just didn't finish the play. 96 yards later, the Bears are six points richer. And that's a big, big issue. And that's gonna be you know, we're not gonna have these large margins of of lead and victory come the postseason. And that's gonna be the difference between winning and not winning. So Hopefully that doesn't rear its head this week the you know the Ravens as we've said we know that's going to kind of be the big headline if Lamar Jackson is not able to play and that's where I'll kind of wrap it, wrap things up here before we go around and talk about our score predictions and game predictions here is the big big question here as far as the injury goes and staying on topic with our our topic for the Saturday show is will Lamar Jackson play or will he not play at this point right now I think there might be a little gamesmanship going on between the Ravens and and the Packers Lamar didn't practice at all and again, it's an NFC matchup. You don't really want to give up games. The Ravens are, are definitely in prime position to have a good playoff seating as well. So you don't want to lose a game late. But the Ravens also have a lot of injuries, a lot of guys that are out and they have to be smart. And if they want to be smart and it helps the Packers, I don't think any of us are going to complain. So with that being said, Matt, I'll start with you because it sounded to me like you felt pretty confident. And I already kind of know which way you're leaning because I listen to the Final Dump podcast like I should every single week. So the question is, Matt, how does this game turn out? And... Do I take the Packers and the points?
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
3: I like how you're throwing the betting situation there. I personally, at this point, I don't think Lamar plays. Um, the way that the, the Ravens run the ball effectively, I think Huntley can, you know, he can be somewhat effective. Devonte Freeman like I think they'll be able to run the ball in the some capacity but that that X factor that Lamar is I think it's 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 tough to recuperate from without having but like you said like like make sure you're healthy through the playoffs or at least to try to get there but right now to be honest Paul did a hell of a job almost throwing me off of what my prediction was going to be from final dump just with the talking about like where the secondary super depleted the comparing it to the Rams game like that was that was very convincing. Unfortunately, I I don't want to flip flop and say I mean you go with a different score. I'd probably add a couple of points along the way, and that and those points could be you know give or take even if Lamar plays. But I'm going under the under the perspective that he's not going to play. Um, I would take the Packers with the points. Last time I checked, it was six and a half. I have it up here right now. I want to say it's at seven. Did it change to seven at this point too? Which probably tells you that Lamar is Vegas less and less likely family. to play right more than likely like that's what it would tell me so i'm looking at seven so like my score prediction is 24 14 now if lamar plays i feel like they're easily going to score another another uh score whether it's three points six points seven points whatever it is so like last night like five and a half six whatever it was at one point like damn that seemed pretty good but at this point seven points like that's tough so i'll go 24
2: 14 and uh bet responsibly jason will do all right paul brittle do the Packers overcome all the special teams disparity between these two teams and all the analytics that you have gone through and written about this week and come away with a big victory in what I think is the toughest game left on their schedule?
1: Yeah, I do think they, that they do. And Matt LaFleur made an interesting point this week when talking about whether Lamar plays or not. He said that he doesn't think the overall game plan, whether it's Lamar or Huntley, is going to change. Obviously, you know Lamar plays in a much or has the potential to play at a much higher level. Um, but in terms of what the quarterbacks are going to be asked to do, he mentioned that he thinks that it's going to be pretty similar. And this Ravens team is going to run the ball. That's what they it's what they do. They're averaging like 32 rushing attempts this season, which is the second or third most in football. And if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, I mean, he's got almost 800 rushing yards this season. Devontae Freeman has like 440. So he is he is their leading rusher. So that's really where they're going to miss him. But, As Lafleur said, it's going to be, you know, he expects a similar game plan either way, which is going to heavily involve the run game. But I just think that this Ravens offense is just not going to be able to keep up with the Packers offense. Ultimately, I think that we are going to see Green Bay throw the ball around, as I had mentioned earlier. And then special teams. Now I'm just going to bank on that there aren't any or aren't enough huge errors to sway the game in the Ravens direction but I'll take the Packers in this one 31 24
2: all right thank you Paul that was the last one that I needed if Paul says it's go, it's good it's going to be good so (laughs) I don't know with the injuries and such I don't know that the Packers get to 30 I think I see them I see them scoring 27 and I could even see the Ravens getting 21 but that would require some special teams points so, I'm going to go 27 17 in favor of the Packers. I think they get a big victory. It's six and a half points at Caesars. I don't know what it is at some of the other places, Matt. So, I'm, I'm holding you responsible if this doesn't turn out well for me. But I'm going to take the pack to get it done against the Ravens. And I think if they do, I think they're in really prime position. I think not that you do this on purpose, but there is something special about maybe letting David Bakhtiari make his debut at home Christmas Day against the Bears or against the Browns. Uh, We could get into, but let's not. Let's wait until next week and see what's going on as far as how that game is going to go. There's been a lot of talk about whether some of these NFL games with rosters that are depleted may get moved. I think the NFL is kind of in a a bind right now where they're trying to keep everyone healthy and deal with the protocols and maintain their schedule and keep their primetime matchups. And I don't think they want to move, like Paul said before we started, the Packers out of primetime. So we'll talk more about that next week. In the meantime, everybody. Absolutely, positively enjoy your week leading into Christmas. We will be back next week. It is going to be, I guess, the Christmas Day show. We got the Mm -hmm. Christmas Day and the Packers-Browns show. So we'll have to see when we're going to record, how we're going to pull that whole thing off. Wouldn't be bad to spend a little bit of the holiday time with with you guys, maybe a little bit of a shorter show. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. If you have weather reports, if anybody wants to uh, send us Any of that stuff, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jason Perrone. You can find Paul on Twitter. He is at Paul underscore Brettel. And Matt, you're going to have to help me out with your uh, handle because I can never remember it off the top of my head.
3: That's okay. It's uh at Matt underscore Frey underscore. It's at M A T T underscore F R A underscore. Yes, please tweet at me or DM me with some weather takes. I started strong and Jason's still carrying the torch, but we might have a special guest next week for some weather report with maybe more of an official take from uh, oh, yeah. from I guess Green Bay. So just keep that in your back. Keep don't forget that, Jason. We get we might have a little Christmas surprise
2: come Good. Saturday. No, that's good. We've been working on this for a week and I hope that we do. I won't tease it, I won't tease it any further. Oh, before we go we got to go around the horn here. Actually, it's more Paul because he's the the writer champ of this group. So, Paul, over at Cheesehead mm-hmm. TV and Dairyland Express, what do we got going on? Uh, what's up now, and what do we have coming up this week?
1: I have my five big questions facing the Packers against the Ravens. Like I said, I have the special teams article at Dairyland Express, and then at Cheesehead TV, I talk about – Packers passing game against the secondary. So, a lot of stuff that we covered today. Good
2: stuff. Quick Slants podcast will be out on Monday, recapping Packers Ravens and again on Thursday, previewing Packers Browns. Matt, final dump Friday as always. Yes, sir. Same scheduled programming as always. Uh, a little
3: bit different because with the shortened schedule, you mentioned at the top of the show, like who knows what the news is going to be out through the rest of the week. And it to speculate anything, anything further is kind of ridiculous at this point because stuff could change in, at the drop of a dime. Um, but final dump on Friday. And then go check out all the Game on Wisconsin stuff going on there, especially some of the new merch we got going out. It's actually pretty fire and getting some national attention.
2: Matt LaFleur wore one of those shirts a couple weeks ago. So go check that out ton of really, really good stuff. Awesome. Well, thanks again, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy Packers, Ravens. Hopefully the Packers get another W. Enjoy the day that is, everybody. Stay safe, stay warm, and go Pack Go.